Welcome to On Friday in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people. Today we will be talking to Lance Dixon as part of our series on promotion, specifically the Muay Thai World Cup, which is coming up on November 30th uh, up in Calgary. Uh, a little bit of news before we get started, though. If you'd like to reach me, you can follow me on Instagram, mattlucasbkk, or email me at a.mattlucas at gmail.com. Thanks to all the people that have supported me so far with the show, sharing the podcast, and or leaving reviews. If you'd like to leave a review, that would be super helpful. You can do so on the iTunes stores. Uh, also, I wanted to personally thank Vinny Scotto, Patrick Rivera, Dave Brooks, Sean Madding, and Waddell Galano for helping me out. I recently broke my camera and had to get an expensive replacement. So I really appreciate these guys for getting behind me and helping me out with that. Thanks also to Nakmoy Legends for their continued support of the show. They create some great Muay Thai apparel with portions of the proceeds going back to the legends they celebrate. All the superstars have been paid for their images as well. You can check out their gear at www.nakmoylegends.com. That's N-A-K-M-U-A-Y-L-E-G-E-N-D-S.com. You can use On Fighting to get 15% off your order. Also, in 2014, I wrote a series of interconnected Muay Thai short stories. It's called The Boxer Soliloquy. It's still a strong read, and I hope to do more books in the future. Uh, you can pick your copy up off of Amazon and or read it as an ebook. Thanks, as always, to Patrick Rivera for helping me get this show started, of course. Um, also, last episode i mentioned saucing versus maria from phuket fight club was our pick a fight so i'll talk a bit bit about that about after the interview with lance um so a little bit about lance dixon lance is hustling it at santa monica muay thai where he's the head instructor he's building a program he's also a pro muay thai fighter um a man of many hats he's working at Santa Monica Muay Thai, doing private sessions, Whole Foods, and doing personal training. He got into the gym in Muay Thai about 8 to 10 years ago and worked with David Huerta out of Robot Muay Thai down in SoCal. Uh, he's had a total of 18 amateur fights, uh, four, of the pro- four professional fights, and uh, he's hoping to come, in, come out to Thailand soon. Which is really great. I think he would be a strong candidate for a long-term stay out here. On the November 30th show, he's fighting in a four-man tournament at the Muay Thai World Cup. He's facing Cody Jerome from Progressive Fight Academy, Cody Lascar from Westside in Ottawa, along with Kyle Messenger. He and Kyle had fought before on a previous triumphant show earlier this year. So in this interview, we talk about social media, a little bit about his training, balancing everything, and trying to work the show. 
So without further ado, the interview with Lance Dixon. Okay, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Lance. Uh, obviously, you have the big four-man tournament in Canada coming up the for the Muay Thai World Cup. Uh, but a few things to start off with. Uh, you recently, or in the last year or so, went pro uh, after having 18 amateur fights, and you've already had four pro fights. Uh, what made you decide to switch to pro, especially in America where – know fights can be somewhat scant or hard to come by well to be completely honest i I just wanted to start making some money for fighting um you know i had fought i think most people at 154 155 out here and um i just thought it was time ready to go pro and and to start making a little bit Mm -hmm. of money for fighting do you feel like you are fighting more often as a pro than as an amateur or has the fight sort of um fight frequency been about the same um it's been about the same i haven't fought since february i fought twice in february um you know i could have fought more this year i had some personal things going on and and wasn't feeling uh good for a lot of the year but you know i'm back and i'm ready to start uh fighting more internationally and and getting you know getting out there a bit more uh so obviously this is an international fight for you going up to canada what how do you feel about traveling and fighting I love it, man. Uh, one of the things that really interested me about fighting was getting an opportunity to travel and, and experience different parts of the world. Uh, I've never been to Canada before. This will be my first time. Um, and I think it's just, it's cool. It's a, it's always fun to experience something new, a, a different, you know, a different area, different people, different culture. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm excited about it. Yeah, it should be really interesting. You're the only American against three other Canadians. Um, how, yeah, how did you end up getting picked for the bout? Um, I think they, they originally had a couple other people on on that card. I don't know what happened. I guess, um, some of the fighters didn't pull through, but I think Kirian eventually hit up, uh, my coach, David Huerta, and they set it up, so... And how do you feel about being in a four-man tournament? Have you been in a tournament before like this? No. So I was supposed to do this twice before. One for Triumphant, had a four-man tournament, and um, I forgot what happened. I I think one guy had to pull out or there was some confusion, but it kind of fell apart. So, you know, assuming, hoping that this comes through, this will be my Are first. Are you training specifically for the four man tournament? Like, is has your training regimen differed in any way? Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm trying to run a little bit more since I I am uh, am planning to fight twice in one night. So you know, I want some good legs underneath me. Um, I've been changing my training up kind of a lot in general. I've been sparring a lot, just trying to find um, a nice rhythm and, and feel more comfortable 
um, sparring and flowing as opposed to my previous fights where I feel like I'm just pressing and pressing and, and, and not, you know, or in your words, a bit stiff and robotic as I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, that's just something that sort of happens, uh, when you aren't fighting very often and, you know, like most Americans have long layovers between fights. So it's, a bit difficult to get a very smooth flow when you're fighting, you know, just a few times a year. So you are working with Aaron Swenson and then Chris Coley um, over at Savant Fight Academy, uh, Swenson over at uh, Twin Fin Boxing. What sort of uh, sparring, what, what has sparring been like? What has uh, your pad work been like? Could you describe it a little more for us? Sure. Uh Sparring, I've been sparring a lot, a lot more than I usually do in camp, but it's been a lot more technical sparring. I'm not, not, uh, generally not going too hard more than once a week. Um, and again, just trying to find, just trying to find a better flow. Um, and same on the power, just trying to find a flow, just trying to ease it up a little bit. It's still going hard, but, um, try not to press too much. Just see, see a little bit more, relax a little bit more you know, things like that. So that's what I've been trying to work on. So obviously your opponents are Canadians. Uh, Cody Jerome from Progressive Fight Academy, Cody Lascar from Westside in Ottawa, and then Kyle Messenger from Elite uh, Brayside. You fought Kyle before on Triumphant, correct? Yeah, I fought him earlier this year. What was that experience like? Uh, can you run us through the fight? Yeah, that was a that was a close fight. It was a bit of a frustrating fight for me, and that was one of those fights where I felt like I was really just pressing the entire fight. Um, uh, Kyle, Kyle's a tough guy. We uh, we kind of mirrored each other a bit in in styles, um, and yeah, I got the win. It was a close fight. I think you know some people could say it could have gone either way. So I'm expecting him to be a little bit better. I'm expecting myself to be better. Uh, and it should be good next time around. And do you know anything about your other two opponents, uh, potential opponents, Cody Jerome and or Cody Lascar? No, I don't. I don't know much about them. Um, watched a little bit of tape, but I don't like to do that too much. So, um, no, not too much, man. Just kind of trying to focus on on bettering myself. Do you feel like it's? Uh, why do you feel like it's beneficial for some people to watch tape and then obviously you don't watch that much? Why do you, you not watch that much or why did you make that decision? Um, yeah, I, I think it does vary for different people. I, I think – I don't know. I think for me is uh, as I watch a little bit, but I don't like to overwatch and obsess about it because I, I feel like it, it kind of it changes what I do a little bit too much, and I don't I want to stay away from doing that. And also, I think that especially with Kyle, I don't think he's going to be the same fighter going into this fight. So I don't want to uh, concern myself too much with his previous fights. He, I assume he's had a fair amount of fight experience since 
his last fight with you? I think he's fought mm-hmm. at least once since then. Yeah, and then you also have like a continual training. So I assume most everyone's a different fighter after six months or a year. It's almost been a year since you two fought, correct? Right, yeah. We fought in uh, early February, I believe. So um, there's a lot of uh, sort of hype and build up for this promotion. And then just in general, there's a lot of hype and promotion for events. What is it like sort of being in an inaugural event? I know you were in some of the first triumphant cards. Uh, What was that feeling like? And how is it comparable to being part of Muay Thai World Cup? It's similar in the sense that uh, it's always exciting to be part of something new or part of, you know, the first the first show. And um, so it, that's just kind of a cool concept for me. And I'm, I'm glad to be a part of, you know, I'm glad to be a part of the first uh, the first lineup, the first roster of fighters on this card. And, uh, you know, I know Kyrian's well known and well respected. And uh, it seems like the show's already pretty much sold out. So, um yeah, it's an honor, and I'm looking forward to being part of the first show. Yeah, I was uh, just reviewing some of the interview I had with Kieran. I think his base level that he wanted to sell was 1,500 tickets, and he's already sold 1,700. So he's met his you know mark and gone over it already, and his show doesn't even start, or it's not happening until the end of November. Yeah, I thought that was amazing. My dad almost couldn't even get a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the the fights, uh, I believe, will be streamed online as well, um, along, of, of course, with uh, being live in Canada. Um, what What is it like for you to sort of fight on a promotion like this? Are you nervous, or how do you feel in general? Yeah, man, always a little bit nervous, of course, for any fight. Um I think it's kind of exciting being the only American going to a foreign country and, you know, um, it's a bit of a challenge. It's just, it's, I'm actually looking forward to it, to not being, you know, well-known or the, you know, the hometown favorite or whatever. I I think it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I was talking to my dad and he's, he's, he's like, yeah, they're going to be chanting beat LA, beat LA <laughs> and all jokes, but, <laughs> um, I, I, it's cool. I'm actually, I'm actually. Glad yeah, I'm not that sure way. that the Canadians will be that antagonistic. Most Canadians are pretty nice. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't think so do you, either. Because it is so. like a a pretty far away fight for you. Do you feel less or more pressure because like you probably won't have that many supporters, you know, in the stands. Yeah, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. I think I, I've, for right now, I, I, mm-hmm. um, I feel better about it. Sometimes having too many, you know, family and friends around can be distracting or kind of nerve wracking. So, uh, to just be able to kind of be with me in my corner and just, you know, go out there and fight, uh, is. Yeah, and you've had more local pro fights in the past. Both uh, WCK is in uh, Southern California, and then Triumphant was in Vegas. What 
did you have a lot of fan support come out for those fights? And what was that experience like? I did, and it's it's great to have fan support too. This will probably be the first time where I, I really don't have – I might have one or two people there. Um, so it is great to have the support, uh, but like I said, sometimes it does cause distractions before the fight, people blowing up your phone, and I guess that will probably happen too in Canada. But um, uh, for where I'm at right now, it, it just seems like the, the perfect – perfect layout and the perfect when you have had the more local fights um have you felt a lot of responsibility for ticket sales and how has that worked for you so the cool thing about going pro is Mm -hmm. i haven't really had to worry about ticket sales it's it's been mostly people go online they buy the tickets i'm gonna get paid when i'm gonna get paid that's what always frustrated me about uh being an amateur is having to sell tickets to people you know i'm trying to train i'm not trying to drop off tickets and you know it's just kind of a pain in the ass so i've enjoyed not having to deal with that too much do you feel like uh you've had to promote yourself a lot in your amateur career then and how did you do so you know i've I've always sucked at promoting myself it's definitely not something i'm super comfortable with or like doing so um I haven't done much, you know, I'll post Instagram to, you know, hype up my fights and that's about the extent of it. Mm. Why do you feel uncomfortable uh, sort of self-promoting or promoting your fight career? Uh, It's a good question. I don't really know. I just always thought, you know, I just keep fighting and the fights would kind of promote themselves, hopefully, you know, and just not something that I'm super proactive or good about doing. Um, and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't really have much of a extensive answer for that one. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, I, I feel like at least for me, when I was actively fighting in America, I was very much the same. Um, I did not uh, promote myself at all. Um, and I think it, it hurt my career a lot, but it was also something that I wasn't necessarily taught how to do and like shown good examples for. So I was wondering if you have had sort of a similar experience. I know, you know, a lot of the times the culture of a gym is built with the the coach and if he's like, uh, he or she is really promoting the fighters or how they sort of deal with uh, building the fighters. Do you feel like that has had an influence on you in terms of self-promotion? Yeah, a bit. Um, I've been told over and over again, you got to promote yourself. You got to promote yourself. You got to be better with social media and all that stuff. And so I think I'm getting a little bit better. Um, the coach I've been working with now is big about promoting. Uh, he's trying to help me, you know, promote myself a little bit better, get a bit, bit more of a uh, social media presence. And, yeah, because I don't know, I would like to get on some big shows like Glory and, and one in the future. And so, obviously, the more you promote yourself, the more you get your name out, um, more opportunities you get. So I'll try to be a little bit better about that. Yeah. For sure. Uh, one of the most more recent experiences you've had is doing a Instagram takeover for a Muay Thai World Cup. 
uh, helping promote the fights. What was that experience like? Um, I didn't get to see everything that you posted, but I did uh, see that you were doing it. Uh, so could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think it's a great idea, honestly, for for fighters and to get to know them a little bit. Um, obvious, uh, not something I'm super comfortable with, you know, obviously. Uh, so I was kind of struggling with what do I post? Like, what do I do? But, you know, Kieran was pretty cool about it, chill about it. He's like, it just, you know, post about your life, get a bit of a, a persona, you know, for you. And so, you know, I just pretty much did my daily routine and tried to keep it not overanalyze it too much just post what i could and and um it's cool it was good practice for me yeah so what is your daily routine like uh what did people on instagram get to see so that day you know i woke up i ran to the beach they kind of saw you know where i'm living you know the venice beach culture is like a big part of my life so i posted about that a lot on my run i like to run you know down to the ocean and across the ocean because it's just you know good atmosphere really pretty um i just kind of you know show them what i eat my daily eggs veggies you know that healthy fighter shit and um bit of my training schedule um and uh yeah just my thoughts on the fight and that was that was basically it um mm-hmm. basically yeah i'm running almost every day training uh, i try to train twice a day when i can um and then obviously i'm working working a lot too i got like four part-time jobs so yeah you have a couple different jobs uh working at whole foods doing as a personal trainer and then running a Muay Thai program of Santa Monica Muay Thai. How have you sort of balanced um, your pro fighting career with uh, your other income and jobs? Um, It's hard, man. It's, you know, it's out here as an American fighter. You can't just, unless you're really being supported, you can't just, fight which is what i want to eventually do at least for a couple years just be able to train you know and focus on fighting um i think you know starting this program that i have the goal is to be able to build that program up and just be able to teach a few classes a week and do you know maybe two or three privates a day and have that be my my only source of income so i can just you know be in muay thai all day not having to worry about working a whole foods job or doing postmates so that's the goal right now is to help build the program a little bit and and um just do what i'm supposed to do which is teach and train so obviously you said the program is relatively new uh you but you've done a fair amount of instructing before what is it like building a specific muay thai program at a gym it's hard, man. There's, not, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it that I wouldn't think of. Um, I have my, my friend and my partner, Dean, who is helping me with the, like a lot of the business side of all of that, um, which I'm terrible at. So he's helped in that aspect. Um, really, my main job is just to create the curriculum and teach most of the classes. So, but it's been interesting. It's, it's been challenging it's been great at times it's been hard at times um definitely big learning experience 
what what is uh, an example of something that you've learned and or maybe an example of a, a bit of your curriculum for the program? So we've changed it up a bit. We're actually going through a lot of changes right now. But so we partnered with uh, Jim 34 North and they have they have this six week program um, mm-hmm. that's supposed to kind of build up you know, through the five weeks. And then on the six week, we have what we call a deload. So we were doing that for a while, say one, we would call them phases. So our first phase was footwork. The first week, we would start off with really simple footwork, you know, forward, back, side to side, you know, then we would go to adding punches with the footwork, adding kicks with the footwork, knees, elbows, etc. And then get more and more advanced through the six weeks. So by the end of that six weeks, um, you should have pretty damn good footwork. Um, I think we're going to change that to more of a four-week, a monthly focus. And mm-hmm. we'll have a bit of a different focus each week, but all in all the same, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's been <sighs> creating curriculums has, has not been my strong point either. I really like to have an idea in my head and see who shows up and then adjust accordingly because obviously you can't teach advanced things to someone who's never um who's never trained before but um Mm -hmm. and that's been another challenge is we've just had all level classes so sometimes we'll have somebody with no experience and then we've had pro fighters in the same class and what's nice about Mm -hmm. having two instructors around is we can kind of deal with that so i can have dean pull the beginner off the side and just focus on jab cross right left uh, right kick, left kick, and then I can, you know, work with the pro or more advanced guys. Um, uh, yeah. And and uh, in building a curriculum and sort of uh, building a team, what, what have you sort of learned from doing it that you wish that you had experienced when you had first started? Can you, can you say that? Can you repeat that, please? Yeah, so uh, you're building a curriculum now. So what are things that you wish you had been taught when you had first started that maybe you weren't initially? Um, Probably progression. So I think, you know, when I was at Robot, I didn't have much of a plan. And it's, it's hard to progress when you're teaching every class different. So now I feel like I've learned to be a bit more organized. And, you know, with these mm-hmm. phases or these four-week um, focuses, I think it, it, it helps with the slow progression of getting better. And, you know, small things like now we would like to videotape, you know, a new student hitting pads and then six weeks later um, videotape them again and see where they improved or where they didn't and go from there. So it's a bit more – I've learned to be a bit more structured and – and just working with people, I've learned how to um, cater to different needs and different skills. So in obviously uh, sort of structuring other people's uh, progression in the sport, where, how do you feel like you are structuring your career as a pro fighter? Do you have uh, specific goals in mind? Over the next uh, six months, a year, 
you said uh, you really wanted to build the program at Santa Monica uh, Muay Thai to, so you can focus a bit more on fighting. Do you have other goals in mind as well? Yeah, well, I expressed to you that I would like to come out to Thailand for, you know, at least six months. Um, and I was hoping to do that by next year. Um, I'm not sure when that'll happen, but yeah, a goal of mine is to be able to leave that program for six months to a year and not have to worry too much about it falling apart. Because, um, yeah, again... Mm-hmm if I were able to go to Thailand or maybe a place like Australia and just focus on my fighting, I, I could really see, you know, how could, how good I could get. And I don't have, I don't, uh, go ahead. Do you, no, go ahead. I was just saying I'm getting older. So I, <laughs> not a lot of time left to do this. So mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I try to get it done. Uh why do you feel like going to Thailand is important for you in your career? Well, living out here and fighting, um, I I can't af- I can't afford to not have a job. So, ideally, you know, in Thailand, uh, also away from distractions, I can train twice a day. Um, hopefully, with a little bit of money saved, I can afford to kind of live out there, especially if I'm fighting. For an extended amount of time as opposed to here i you know i can't can't take time off um you just can't afford it yeah i mean now out here in thailand at least there's more and more opportunities for foreign fighters especially male foreign fighters uh you know if you fight on a show like uh, max muay thai or one of the other entertainment shows uh, you can almost break even in terms of uh, your purse size and your training fees and uh, living expenses. Usually there's a, you know, you might lose a little money. Um, it sort of depends on your sponsorship level with your gym or your yeah, that's, arrangement that's, with the gym. That's a huge thing too. Even it's if you're getting fights, you can just get fights and fights and, and you know, <laughs> anywhere, anytime almost. So um, it's just a great way to build your experience fast. Yeah, you can definitely bang out a lot of fights out here and sort of uh, a lot of times when you're when you stay for an extended period, the promotion will start building you as well um, and occasionally make contracts, you know, depending on how long you can potentially stay, which affords more money, more opportunities, right. etc. Do you feel like um, there's a lot of contracts and opportunities in the states for fighters now do you feel like it's the same it's growing uh what do you feel like the state is in america um it seems to be growing a bit but um i don't know i I think there are definitely less opportunities um you know i think i could probably get on glory um but yeah, I think I think there's more opportunities probably in you know more, the Asian countries. So, uh, just wrapping things up, was there anything that we didn't talk about that you would have wanted to talk about? Uh, not really, man. <laughs> Pretty good. 
Okay. Thank you so much for taking your time out, Lance. My pleasure, Matt. Have a great day. So it was great talking to Lance about the upcoming bout on November 30th for the four-man tournament at Muay Thai World Cup in Calgary. Uh, also talking to him about social media, a bit about his training, balancing everything, just trying to work the show and have his career as a pro-level fighter in America. If you'd like to follow along with Lance, you can follow him on Instagram, which is Dance Lixon, D-A-N-C-E-L-I-X-O-N. So the next segment, of course, is our pick-a-fight. Last Sunday was Saucing versus Maria from Phuket Fight Club. That It was a really good bout, really exciting. Uh, Saucing was much more experienced than Maria, but Maria took it to Saucing in a very entertaining bout. Saucing showed her experience and showed her level. She cut Maria right away in the first round with, I believe, an upward elbow and continued to expose some of the openings in Maria's guard. Maria was still game throughout the three-round fight at Super Champ located right in Bangkok, and I thought it was a really good stepping stone. We saw Saucing versus Brooke Farrell. Now we've seen her against Maria. Uh, I thought Maria did a really great job and definitely has some talent. Um, hopefully, we'll get to see a few more female fights, and that Saucing and the Super Champ team will continue to promote female fights. Uh, Angela Chang is fighting on the 23rd. Uh, at Super Champ, so that should be a very, very interesting bout. We'll see what happens. I th- think I'm going to go along and see it live. Um, so that about wraps things up for today's show. Um, again, thank you so much for listening. As always, uh, thank you to all my sponsors, Nakmoy Legends, also the guys that helped me out with the broken camera, uh, Vinny Scotto, Patrick Rivera, Dave Brooks, Sean Madden, Waddell Galano, uh, Chris Tran. I really, really appreciate it. Um, this has been I'm Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people. <laughs>